0: You know who would probably make a pretty good tight end? Troy Anderson. <laughs> I can't. You couldn't resist. Oh, my gosh. We're going to be talking. Let's see if we can fit Troy Anderson in every position group on the Bobcats. Oh, my gosh. Welcome, everybody, to the R&R CatCast, a special off-season offensive edition. I'm joined by my co-host and good friend, Ryan. How are you doing today, Thorny? Pretty good. Yourself, Ryan? Oh, not bad on this cold night, but uh, we're not that cold compared to most places around the United States. So over here in eastern Washington, we're, we're probably above average, I suppose. Well, I did hear a coworker talking today about the potential Snow, that's going to move into our area, like three inches of snow. And she was telling her boss that if it's snow, she's not coming to work. <laughs> so that's how my part of the country deals with any poor weather. <laughs> <laughs> did, did like your Montana blood just start to boil a little bit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I saw uh, a meme that was like Canada, basically like Principal Skinner leaning back with a Canada hat. And the rest of the country complaining is just, like, pathetic. (laughs) Like, that's pretty much how I feel any time I hear anyone say anything about, oh, it's 20 degrees, negative 20 degrees. Like, should we even go outside? Like, that's what block eaters are for. You start your car, you scrape your window, you go to work. (laughs) (laughs) You don't complain. You don't complain. You scrape and you're – hopefully you don't slip. (laughs) So, true story. One day I was um – you know, I lived in Great Falls for a long time. We had like minus 30 not too far back. It was, you know, a couple of years back. Anyways, uh, my, my truck would not start. I, I got bundled up in my ski gear and rode my bike to work that day. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's what we
0: do. <laughs> you, you got to do what you got to. You got, I got to work all sweaty. I was like, huh, you know, you never thought you would ride your bike in 30 below and Nonetheless, the sweat while doing so, but it happens, I suppose. I uh end up selling my last car I drove in Montana and the guy was like, Why is there a cord hanging out your grill? I was like, Dad, <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> You're not gonna don't even just tuck it in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, well tonight we thought we'd just talk about some the offensive side of the ball for the Bobcats. Um, break down the positions of the guys who are gonna be playing or projected to be playing and uh you know just give our thoughts uh based off of that and again just you know from the fans perspective not from any kind of professional perspective but just you know our musings as we often do oh yeah but first we're going to start off with what we're drinking speaking of cold ones you got it man i have a beer tonight uh sierra nevada hazy little thing ipa uh i know you probably won't like that uh it it sounds trendy this is very trendy. It's very delicious, though, too. Um, yeah, I like most here in Nevada, um, beers. So when this came out this fall, uh, late summer, picked up a 12 pack. I was very pleased. So my wife got some for the Super Bowl party. She's probably upset that I'm dipping into them prior to, but that's just going to be what it's going to be. I don't know if you know this, but I'm a Rams fan, so I'm pretty excited here. Ah, uh, well, yeah, you should be. Um, as a it's Bengals been a long time. fan, yeah, as a Bengals fan, I've, I've, well, when I was a little boy, I remember the Bengals went to the Super Bowl back when like Icky Woods was doing his shuffle. Um, but man, <laughs> it's been tough sledding for me. <laughs> Icky Woods, man. I'm pretty sure I have like a football card of Icky Woods. You know, between the Cats and the Bengals, they both went to the Super Bowl kind of around... Or the Super Bowl. Their, their championships. Super Bowls. Yeah, right. <laughs> kind of around that same era. I mean, a little bit uh, earlier for the Cats, but it's, I, I need a win in my life uh, with some of my teams. So, <laughs> so hope, hoping these next five to ten years will shoot me a little bit better. Yeah, somehow the Rams had like the... second worst record in the 90s they would have had the worst record of the 90s if they had not had that 1999 season out of nowhere they would have been the losingest nfl team in the 90s and then they had about four good years and then they turned into complete sucks again so (laughs) i'm pretty excited to see him back and uh to round about to the whole point here i'm drinking a boundary bay irish red a delicious red beer from the folks up at the boundary bay up in bellingham washington it's nice. delicious. Uh, I don't know if it's a good winter beer. I don't know. I don't really have seasonal beers. I just drink whatever beer I feel like drinking. That's a good. That's a good way of going about it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get down to business, man. So let's uh, do this. Uh, let's. We're just going to cover each of the positions, uh, talk about the players in that position, and just kind of our thoughts on those players. So, let's do it. Let's start with the quarterbacks. All right. What well, do you I think? can. Uh, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you there. You just want me to go ahead and read off who we have and kind of yeah, get there? you do that with the quarterbacks, and I'll pick the next one. Let's let's just kind of go that way so you can read off the list here. Okay, right, sounds good. So in, in this table right now, we've got Casey Bowman, who's a 6'6", 225, uh freshman this year or uh, will be a redshirt freshman next year uh if he doesn't play Travis Johnson a 62 210 junior Tucker Rovig a 65 205 redshirt freshman Ruben Beltran, a 6 one 180 freshman and Troy Anderson at 65 215 uh of course all of those people will you know their class will go one up Um so they won't be the freshmen that I just said. But uh, a good group of guys in there. Um, I think we're looking for Tucker Rovig to be kind of that 1A guy out of that group. I know when we were looking at our recruiting class this year, um, we didn't really sign a true quarterback. Uh, Unless you count the guy from Griff Falls High, Blake Thielen. Uh, Yeah. I don't know if he's going to sit in the quarterback room or if he'll just be Kind of like more of an athlete uh, for the Cats, but hard to say. Yeah, I know. Um, by all means, you know, Choke came out at the very end of the season saying, so, you know, Tucker Rovig's kind of a man on fire right now, man on a mission. And that's what I was hoping to hear. I think between him and Bauman, those are going to be our 1A, 1B. And then, of course, I, how did I forget Chris Murray? Chris Murray's back in the fold. It'll be really interesting to see really interesting to see where that projects him in in that mix. What are your thoughts on that? Well, first, I'm hoping that two guys you listed off aren't in the true conversation and I'm I'm sure you just said them because they're technically on the roster, but like Travis Johnson and I'm hoping Troy Anderson's, I hope both those guys are just not quarterbacks next year. (laughs) Particularly Troy, but We'll certainly see a healthy dose of, I think, Johnson at quarterback, but in like a wildcat capacity. But Chris Murray back into the mix definitely throws a wrinkle into things. I don't really know what to make of that. I don't know if he's going to come back in shape. I don't know if he's been working out. I don't know if he's been throwing the ball around. I have no idea what he's been up to, what kind of football shape he's in, but it's going to be interesting to see because I definitely wouldn't rule that kid out. You don't win the starting job as a, Partway through your true freshman season as a seventeen-year-old kid, I know there wasn't a whole lot of options, but you know if you're not a gamer, you're not even there. So, well, that's true. You know, I saw him on the Bobcat Instagram feed last week, so he is working out with the team during the winter conditioning drills. So, okay, he he has contact with the team. He was he was he was on that feed. So, uh, yeah, so. He's part of it, so we'll see where he goes in. Um, he was supposed to be the guy last year, and then it came out—you know, his grades suffered, and Tucker Rovig got hurt. And I mean, the whole thing was fully documented. But man, I—I yes. I still think Tucker Rovig. I think it's Tucker Rovig's job to lose. So I, I agree, and he could certainly lose it, but. I love to hear that he's a man on fire. But I just think he has the tools to be a successful quarterback at the Big Sky Conference. He's got the mm-hmm. height. He's got some speed. No, he's not Chris Murray or Troy Anderson, but he's not Jack Rolovich back there. I mean, he he can run. He's got <laughs> – he can see over a height advantage that a lot of guys don't have. And, I mean, I, I just think he throws a good ball. I think he throws a nice spiral, and I just like to see him get in there and make some plays Just it. Get his conf- His confidence is his biggest problem. And I know we've talked about this before, Schultz's management of a guy like Tucker, who, alright, he's in the game, he has a few nice series, and then we bring in like Travis Johnson. And I know you have some issues with that. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Well, it seems like for Ro- Rovig specifically, he was more of a momentum guy. Like, in the few <laughs> times we got to see him play, uh, he really flourished and um, in the game he was our starter. And uh who were we playing that day when he was starting? Yeah, when Real Big came in and he was our starter that whole day. Oh, uh, Wagner. Yeah, I, like, I don't know. Don't know why I couldn't remember that, but yeah, Wagner. Uh, followed that up. It, I think it was the Idaho State game. No, not the Idaho State game. I'm I'm full b- fumbling over my game song. Yeah. Uh, he comes in. Uh, Troy Anderson starts, uh, which we were all really baffled by. And there's serious talk on the board that week of, you know, why would we go with Troy Anderson when Rovi just had over 300 yards passing, yeah. multiple touchdowns? By all means, we look like an offensive revelation, as some of the reporters were saying. So, uh, Easily just ruin his confidence there because you. I just remember like being so in tune and watching him and just like his body language. And then he would come in for a series, uh, and then they would pull him and they put Troy back in. And you know, you just look at him and he was just, he was just visibly upset. And I just I don't think they did uh, a good service to Tucker right there. I think they, I think that was a pivotal moment in our season, honestly. I mean, we ended up having a pretty good season for all you know accounts and purposes, but you know, not to go with Tucker at that point was, in my opinion, a big mistake. And I think we could have had similar success that we had even in, in the later part of the season, still with Rovig. But then, you know, he breaks his foot and you you play the game of what if after that. and So it was just, just disappointing and just kind of a sour taste in my mouth. I agree. And he definitely is a guy you don't want to, if he, if he makes a few nice passes, don't take him out. I, I would love to see more Johnson or maybe Murray this year, whoever come in at Wildcat. You just got to be smart when you do it. But I'm really excited to see what like Johnson can do in the same formations that he was in this year. If there's a quarterback who's starting, who's playing 95% of the snaps who can throw the ball down the field. Because when he came in, he was pretty effective, but he was spelling a guy who was marginally better passer than he himself is. (laughs) So, (laughs) the defense is already keyed to stop a running quarterback. So, you bring in Travis Johnson, there's another guy who's going to run the ball. But if you got a guy like a a Bowman or – is it Bowman or Bowman? I think it's Bowman. Bowman, okay. Bowman, if you got Bowman or Rovick in there who can throw the ball 56-yard down the field and connect on those passes, and the defense is catered to that, then Travis Johnson coming in, or Chris Murray, is going to be really effective out of that Wildcat spot because both those guys are electric. Absolutely, and with more of a traditional passer, we utilize more of our weapons. I mean, when we had Troy Anderson as our quarterback, we weren't utilizing our weapons on the outside or slot receivers. To any kind of capabilities that they they would possess, they mainly became just you know blockers for us, and so it just seems silly to me that you know our net gain is so much better when we have Tucker Roverig or a traditional passing quarterback. And I know I'm probably taking some heat on that because you know Troy Anderson was a first team All American, but and still, in my account not a quarterback. Agreed. It's like they created a spot for him because, like, how could we keep this guy off? <laughs> I guess we'll put him at quarterback. But um it'll be interesting to see. I would love a formation with Chris Murray under center, and behind him are Travis Johnson and uh, Troy Anderson. Because <laughs> Chris Johnson or just Chris Johnson, Chris Murray runs like the the option better than any quarterback on the roster, easily. Easily, like, by a significant mark, better than anyone, arguably, in the country that at least isn't at, like, Cal Poly or a triple option school. <laughs> so then you get three guys that are all 6'2", anywhere between, like, 210 and 225, who all are insanely fast. That's pretty scary. <laughs> yeah. And then that, they can all, quote, throw, end quote. <laughs> yeah, right. <clears throat> I, don't know. I I really want to see us push the ball down the field through the air this year. Uh, I and we just have a nice balance, you know. And that Wagner game was, it felt like that. It felt like that for the first time in, you know, quite a few years. So, I want that feeling back. I want that to be our offense. And so, I'm excited to see what Matt Miller can dial up for us. Uh, I want to see the battle that takes place between Bowman and Rovig and, and Murray. You know, if Murray has the ball skills and the passing skills. You know, let's go with Murray but we need to move away from the the run first uh mentality f- with our quarterbacks uh not not necessarily offensive identity but uh we need to have some we need to be able to be you know prolific in the passing game as well as the running game yeah, yeah and yeah my uh I agree with that I just say don't sleep on Murray cuz he's – by far, the, at least the third best passer on the team. But I don't think he's too far behind those other guys if he's done any work. So mm-hmm. anyway, I think Rovig, it is his job to lose. And no matter who wins between him or uh, Bowman, I think we're in good shape, even if it's Chris Murray. Even if it's Chris Murray, I'm guaranteeing we'll throw the ball more than we did and more successfully than we did this year. Yep, I agree. All righty. That is the quarterback... Log jam, please don't let Troy Anderson be part of the discussion. All right. I'm going to challenge you, Thorny, not to talk about Troy Anderson in every position group that we will go through uh, today. Challenge rejected. (laughs) All right. (laughs) There's only one position I won't talk about him at. Okay, maybe three. Maybe three. You can't talk about him in the next position group, and that would be our running back. So, in the in the running back room right now, we have uh, Carl Tucker, a junior, from Great Falls, CMR, my alma mater. We have Isaiah Infante, uh, two freshmen, uh, will be a true sophomore from your neck of the woods over in Western Washington, right? Bellevue, yeah. That's a big-time program. Big-time program. There you go. We have Lane Sumner. I Don't know where Lane's from. He'll be a sophomore next year. I want to say Huntley Project, somewhere thereabouts. There you go. Tyrell Burgess from the state of Florida. Uh, He'll be a junior. Uh, Logan Jones coming back for his fifth year, senior out of Kalispell. Blake Alred, who is a fullback. Um, R.J. Fitzgerald, another fullback. He'll be a junior. Uh, and Shane Perry, uh, 5'9", 180, redshirt freshman. I can't remember where Shane's from. But he did get a couple touches late in the season, specifically. Um, I think his only touches came in incarnate word. Yeah. So. Yeah. He had like maybe one or two two runs. <laughs> or yeah. No, he ca- maybe caught a ball out of the backfield. I don't remember. I might be thinking of Coy steal. But uh, did you mention Justin Colley? Uh, I didn't. He was on my list, but is he still on the team? As far as I know. The okay. only guy that I know that isn't on the list anymore is Malik Barkley. Malik Barkley and then Tyler. Tyler Natey. Yeah, Tyler uh, Natey, yeah. Very good. retired. And Malik Barkley. What, he just seemed like he was going to be such a good addition. His tape looked good. He looked good in fall camp. All you ever heard was... Couldn't really get the playbook down, and and he kind of didn't hear anything about him at all. Now he's just gone. So best of luck wherever he goes. I'm not sure the situation was there. Um, Yeah. Interesting to see how this transfer portal is going to play out. He was before the portal, I think. But it's just uh, got a lot more to talk about on that front. But And then did you mention the two uh, signees that we have coming in? Did not mention any signees because you never know, I don't really see anyone in this room getting time with a true freshman, because we're pretty deep, but we got Demarius Hosey from Texas, somewhere. Do you know where in Texas? Justin. Justin. Justin, Texas. He's Justin, Texas. Uh, and then we got Joe Olson from <laughs> Bozeman. They're both pretty much six foot one ninety five, right? Pretty much the same size. Yep. A little bit different running styles, but similar in some ways. So I'm pretty excited about those two. I think those are two good signees. I think uh, Isaiah Infonza is going to get the load. I think it's going to be Logan Jones. And I just want to applaud everyone involved, Logan Jones, Jeff choke, anyone else that was involved in the decision to redshirt uh, at the end of the year last year. Because he could have came back and played it. Was it the uh, playoff game? Like, was it both or just was it just the... North to state game. I think it was the incarnate word game. He didn't yeah, play it would have to be. Yeah. So he, he sat out in the first playoff game that the Cats have had in a few years, um, just so we could redshirt and come back for his senior year. So that's props to him. And it's going to be awesome to have him back because we're, I think, honestly, we're going to need him. And it's also going to be pretty interesting to see how Troy Anderson fits into this mix. What are you looking to see? out of, I think we know what we're getting with the first two, but what are you looking to see in terms of, like, how often and how we utilize Troy on offense, I guess, in general? But I assume it's going to be a running back. It's tough because Troy had 21 touchdowns last year. He was our leading rusher. And so a large part of me says, you know, that guy has to touch the ball. But at the same time, I would love to see Troy touch the ball about, you know, quarter of the times he did last year, uh, in just in general. Uh, I, I would prefer him to be mostly uh, a defensive player for us. Uh, I think we have the players in the backfield that can mimic um, the production Troy would give us from the office, offensive side of the ball. Uh, I think we can maybe replace it, but mimic it. Honestly, I I would like to see us... <laughs> Be a little less explosive. That sounds kind of counterintuitive, but we can't just be a a only Troy seventy yard touchdown team. Yeah, got to get, we got to be able to score some points. They can be long touchdowns, but we need to be able to sustain drives. We we what did you say at one point with like one of the worst third down offenses in the c- conference? Oh yeah. So a I lot of that here. is we can't throw the ball. A lot of it was getting ourselves in the third and longs what what's the percentage we were 34% yeah. 58 out of 172 which is not quite 34% that's pretty bad where's that put us in the conference you know I don't know that has got to be it's got to be bottom third at worst um but yeah i know we were also bottom in in like first downs so a lot of that's going to be the running backs consistently getting yardage consistently getting four five yards a carry uh, Because I know we've averaged that before, and I don't know what we averaged last year. But if you take out Troy Anderson, I'm curious to know what we actually average from our running backs. But if we have a quarterback who can throw the ball, should be a little bit more room for the running backs to run. Yeah. So I think Afonso is going to be good. And I'm also curious to see if we use R.J. Fitzgerald as a fullback or anybody as a fullback. I hope so. That was, I would assume we would because that that was pretty prevalent in our offense this year. Curtis Amos did a great job filling in that fullback position. Did he, would you classify that as a fullback or like what do they call it? Uh, the H-back now? Yeah. I guess he didn't well, really catch any balls, which is a hallmark of like an H-back. But. Uh, yeah, he that strategic. <gasps> <list> of... <laughs> <laughs> no We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> Much respect, Curtis. We're not going to bring it up here for you save you. <laughs> Where do you think Carl Tucker and a guy like Tyrell Burgess be in next year? Burgess I think probably needs to prove he can, can uh, hold on to the ball a little bit more, but he is definitely an X-factor. He is like a Swiss Army knife kind of guy who can, you can run him out of the backfield on a swing pass. You can just give it to him. He can run between the tackles a little bit. He's got some. He's got a lot of speed. He's got a lot of moves. You saw a perfect example of everything I just talked about on his like lone run in the playoff game against Incarnate Word, where he had like a forty yard scamper. looked great. looked just like a whole different guy than anyone else we had on the roster. And he fumbled <laughs> yeah. it. And he fumbled it. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, yeah. do, you remember, do you remember watching that play and be like, "Whoa, what was that? Like he that that's a different speed we haven't seen yet this no. year." Like, no, Logan oh, Jones is fast, but that that's like a different level like I think Choate refers to Burgess as a you can't tackle him in a phone booth kind of guy, so it'll interesting to see how we use him. I imagine he'll probably get will try and get him anywhere between like five and ten touches a game I would maybe less I don't know maybe maybe five um Carl Tucker I just don't know. I just don't know. I don't really know why he doesn't get more touches. He doesn't seem to do anything spectacular. Doesn't seem to screw up. He just kind of, just kind of there for depth. I don't really know.
1: I'd yeah. like to
0: see. I think he's capable of doing more, but I just don't know if he'll get the opportunity. You know, maybe Burgess could be the guy that could return some kicks for us. If he catch the ball. If cool. he can catch the ball, yeah. I mean, I guess who 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 was on kickoff returns last year? It seems like Cassis is our guy back there. And then we had um, another guy that I can't remember right now. Um, you know what? I can't remember, but Kevin Cassis is our go-to. Yeah, and I definitely want him on punt returns because first and foremost, you want the guy to catch the ball.
1: The Do you remember,
0: you remember that year that uh, – oh, my gosh. What is Travis Lule's younger brother's name? Tyler. Tyler, Tyler Lule, he, he was that kind of guy. He was like the unspect, unspectacular, unspectacular guy on the team. And I remember we had a huge problem that year. He was playing on fielding hunts. So they just brought in Lule and he just pretty much just caught the ball the whole time and didn't hardly return anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, just get in there and catch the ball. Yeah. So that's what, but Cassis brings both elements to that because he is shifty. He just doesn't have quite that breakaway speed, but he's, he can get you 20, 30 yards easy. Yeah, good he point. Can, he, he, and he could break one. He just he just doesn't quite have that breakaway speed. No. Sidebar, how fun was Sean Johnson to watch? <laughs> that guy was okay. fun to watch. Okay, if, if you had to pick, Sean Johnson or Corey Smith, where, where are you going on that one? That's a tough, tough call. You got to like Corey Smith just for his Cat Grizz heroics, but. Sean Johnson for my, my money was probably my favorite offense player to watch. Running back with like just in general guy touching the ball, ball carrier we've had since I've been a cat fan. I'm gonna go Corey Smith. <laughs> nice. And no, nothing wrong with that. Those are both good choices. I think didn't didn't uh Sean Johnson have like three three or four punt returns called back in his career, too, for folding <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't like, surprise me. He had like two and two in, like back to back games. I remember he was just, and they weren't even like affecting the play. Anyway, we're going way off on a tangent here. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think it's going to be a solid group. Um, uh, I don't know if that. uh I've heard some people talk about that Schneider kid who transferred in from Idaho. For mm-hmm. him, Seth Schneider. I've heard some people project he might switch to running back. He's like five nine. 200 or something like that, so I'm not sure if he, excuse me, if he'd fit in here or not. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a good group. And I think cool. Fonze is going to run for easily 1,000, and I wouldn't be surprised if Jones runs for 600. Yeah, I can see that. And, and Trey Anderson will run for 500 on 20 carries. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He'll run for 500 on zero carries. That's Troy Anderson. That's Troy Anderson. We'll you. go to Chuck Norris jokes here. All right. Let's talk about wide receivers. Whew. Well, all right. Let's run down the list. Troy Anderson is not going to be a wide receiver. Nope. <laughs> there it right, says. So we have uh, some shakeup today with Kobe Deru um, leaving. Uh, mm-hmm. That was announced tonight and then earlier on. Breaking week, news. Uh, yeah, I'm Kai McC- uh, Metcalf. Uh, so two of the names on the list will not be there. Um, both were freshmen, true freshmen last year. So uh, we'll see how that pans out. Who is all um, on that class? Do you remember that wide receiver class? Because that's two wide receivers from one class is usually a big chunk. Mm-hmm. I, who do you have as, as a freshman? I have Tanner Trafford and Jaden Smith. No, those are signees. Red shirts. Logan Kleinas, Mark Estes, and Kobe Duru, and Makai Metcalf. So, yeah, half the room is gone, right? Half the signees. Yeah. All right. Carry on. So, we we got a guy named James Campbell who's been making some splashes. Um, we'll talk about him in a little bit. Willie Patterson. Yeah, he'll be one of the older guys in the group. He will be a junior next year. Tolus Toulis, a... <laughs> we don't know anything about this guy. He, he transferred in. He's a junior. Uh, we, we can't even say his name. Yeah, I know it's, he's I can't kind either. of a man of mystery. So good job, Devine. Coy <laughs> <laughs> Steele, uh, who was a really good guy for us. uh got hurt. Um, looking forward to seeing him come back. Uh, we always, uh, I put down Jabari Johnson. You never know. Uh, he might come back. Uh, Mark Estes, Logan <laughs> Kleinhaus, Peyton Hanser, Uh, We'll talk about him a little bit. Of course, we have Can't can't Miss, Kevin Cassis, Lance McCutcheon. I think that is all. So, yeah, without naming any tight ends there, I I think I covered all of our wide receivers. So my starting four, I'll go with four starters. Kevin Cassis, Travis Johnson, Willie Patterson, Lance McCutcheon. What do you think? I think that's pretty spot on. Pencil it out the same way? Yeah. And the guy whose position, I would say, is the most vulnerable, I guess, would be Lance McCutcheon. Mm-hmm. Unless I, I'm really excited to see what Travis Johnson does, committing himself to the wide receiver craft for an entire mm-hmm. offseason. Because mm-hmm. he, I don't know if he's ever even played the position before. And kudos to him for being such a high-profile guy coming in here and being a team player. He came here to play quarterback. There's no buts about that, but he took one for the team, switched to wide receiver, took some lumps, but really came on, and I think he's going to be – he could very well be an all-conference-type receiver this year. He's the best, like the most athletic-looking receiver I can think of since maybe, what, like Michael Jefferson? Maybe he's not quite as imposing as Jefferson, but he's that kind of athlete. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what he can do. Cassis is – Cassis, the just Mr. Reliable, do everything. He just gets better every year too. It's, it's, it's impressive. And then Willie Patterson was really coming on uh, the shiftiest one of the bunch before he got injured. And then Lance McCutcheon, just kind of the big body, do-it-all-on-the-outside kind of guy, the deep threat. i like to see a guy like Pey- Peyton Hanser, you know, his tall frame, 6'4", 205. Um, become kind of like somewhere in that mix because we don't have a guy that has that length, you know, with the departure of Metcalf and Drew, both long guys. Um, maybe Jabbar Johnson not coming back. That six four frame on the outside could be pretty, pretty sexy target out there. Yeah. And, uh, when I was naming off all that stuff, I, speaking of paint handser, I forgot. And you had mentioned Jabbar Johnson. So. If him or if he's back, I think McCutcheon might lose his spot, but I also think Peyton Hanser is going to push that spot because he is a Jabari Johnson-type body. And that was such a big thing to have. uh, Because Jabari Johnson just looks like a a man among boys out there. He's just a huge human being compared to the little 5'8", big sky corners he's going against. And then Peyton Hanser is a similar body type. So, I. It would have been a very big blessing last year to have a guy who can go up and get the ball for a quarterback who can't really throw the ball that well. It would have been lovely. <laughs> so I think I think one of those two guys might see some significant time. If Trabari's back, he's going to start, I would imagine. But if he's not, I think Peyton Hanser gets a lot of playing time. Well, we got two guys coming in on this uh, recruit, recruiting class. T- Tanner Trafton from Loosetown, 6'5", 190, and Jaden Smith. A six-six, one-ninety wide receiver from Kennedale, Texas. Hmm. So we got some height coming in into that room. Yeah. Yep. That's that's good to see, and because we're going to need it. Like you need some height. You don't. You know. I think that's one of the hallmarks of a offense that we kind of want to run. If you're going to be a team that's more pound the ball to open up the deep passing game, you need some big bodies out there to do that. Whether that be blocking or just going up and getting some jump balls once in a while. You know, it seems like the, the receivers who've had success at Montana State, like four year success, have been very cerebral guys. If you think like a Jake, or not Jake Bleskin, a Tanner Bleskin, uh, a Mitch Herbert, you know, bigger guys, but very, like like I said, cerebral. And, um, you know, a, a guy like Tanner Trafton. Sticks out to me because everything I've read about this kid from Lewistown. I mean, he's not even taking a, a, a he's taking an academic scholarship. He's not even on a football scholarship. He could be one of those. He could be that that next Mitch Herbert kind of guy. You know, if he if he devotes himself, if he has that special skill set, which by all means it looks like he might. So yeah, well, it'd be interesting to see what uh, kind of pans out this fall. Yeah, I mean, there's. There's some talent in the room. I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd match us up with the Easterns or the UC Davis's or the Montanas of the conference, but I would say that's a good enough group for what we want to do offensively to get us well into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So I'd just be the real question isn't so much what I think of the wide receivers is, is who's giving the ball. They do need to get a better job of just kind of getting open, um, finding spots in the zone. And just catching the ball when it comes your way. I know a lot of that was probably to get a lot of, it's hard to get into a rhythm when you only get one catchable ball a game. <laughs> but, um, that's a big thing. Just get open, catch the ball consistently. And we got to have a guy who can just break it once in a while. We just haven't had that in so long. And I, I think Patterson was kind of the guy who was kind of coming into that. And then he got hurt. Yeah. So. So, do you want to talk about uh, tight ends for a moment? We lost them all. Yeah. They're all gone. Three of them. <laughs> we lost three really good tight ends Curtis Amos, senior from Texas, um, Connor Sullivan, senior from Ennis, and then Wilson Brott, who is a senior from Montana somewhere. I should know that. Where is he from? Don't is it know. Billings? That sounds right. Yeah, just guessing. Sorry. Sorry about yeah. that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he was the, the blocker. Connor Sullivan was kind of the, the athletic pass catching guy, sort of also <laughs> mostly just blocked. And then yeah. Amos was definitely like the guy who would block out in space. Just the, like you said, the kind of the fullback role just wrecked people this year. He was fun to watch. One of my favorite players on the team. Yep. Just a big, big, thick body, just <laughs> blowing people over. Like all the time. Like anytime that you they'd run that power op power run with like uh Amos polling and Trey Anderson going that way. It's just like watch out. <laughs> <laughs> totally some big good. guys coming at you. So we got a bunch of young, young guys behind him. Do we have anybody who's even an upperclassman at all? Ah, uh, let's see. So I got Derek Snell as a freshman, Ryan Davis as a sophomore. Um so Again, these guys will be one year older when, when they go in. Uh, we have a guy named Clark Judish as a sophomore, so he'll be a junior. And then Trayton Pickering uh, will be a sophomore next year. And these guys all, you know, jump off at the paper about the same. They're all six four, between 230 and 210. Uh, a couple of them at 220. Uh, so they got the height. They need a little bit of weight. Yeah, we'll see what pans out there. Yeah, I just need to put on a little bit of weight. Um, for what we use for our tight ends, I'm not real concerned. Um, we don't need that, like, uh, that Bullock kid from Weber or the Dallas Goddard from South Dakota State. We don't need that big playmaking tight end. We just need guys who can block, unfortunately. And from what I've seen out of the, the recruits we have, the guys on the roster, they're all athletes and they're all good size for where they are. Uh, class-wise, but they need to. I think they'll get a little bit bigger, and I'm not. I'm not too worried about it, but it's it's definitely like an underrated could be a concern. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see if anyone moves over to tight end because we have what on the offensive line. There's a guy named Jarrett Kessler who I kind of caught my eye as a six-four, two hundred twenty-pound sophomore. Mm-hmm. If, if you're two twenty as a sophomore, are you going to ever get up to two eighty to play offensive line? Yeah, good point. <laughs> maybe not. So, if we need our body to come over and be a blocking guy, maybe that, some like that, can come over there. But um sure. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's going to be okay. But certainly, a lot of production to replace in terms of just blocking. Not really a stat you track, but stat that's very important. Oh yeah. All right. So and we did. No- we did sign a. Good couple guys real quick. We did sign uh Ethan Bullock and Ryan Lonegren. I I think Ryan Lonegren was considered one of the top recruits in the state. So I don't know if he'll crack play any time as a freshman, but we got a couple young guns in the wings too. Montana. You we always seem to get good Montana tight ends. It's been actually years and years and years of just good small town Montana tight ends playing for the Cats. There was a guy named Bo Clark. Do you remember Bo Clark when yeah. we were going to school? Oh yeah, that just popped in my brain when you were saying that. So yeah, it's a position that Montana State has done well with. Uh, we have Bo Sandlin most recently though was the guy. You um, know, go back just, just to listen to all the Montana guys. What it was like? Uh, I can't remember. Brandon Bostick was a Montana guy. I think he was. Yeah, mm-hmm. the the big nail kid, the older big nail brother. Um, jeez, who's that kid from Miles City? There's just oh, there's just so many of them. The, all of them are just small town guys. So it'll be, I'm sure we got one on the roster here who can be the next guy. Sure. All righty. So there goes our wide receivers and tight ends, and moving on to the offensive line, the big boys, the hogs. And we got a good group coming back, a young group. That's young for group. sure. This this is an exciting group. Uh, I don't claim to know much about the offensive line, but when you were just when you're just going through the roster and looking at ages, heights, and weights, uh, we have mass, we have youth, and uh, it's just going to bode well for the next couple of years. We have um, youth and experience. Oh gosh, yeah. So let's just run through them real quick. will I'll run through the names, and uh, do you give me some thoughts on those? those fellas we are gonna talk about. So we have Taylor Tuyasisopo. Uh he'll be a junior. Uh coming in at six four, three fourteen. Zach Red <laughs> uh was a red freshman this year, so he'll be uh a sophomore next year, six one, two seventy five. Jake Sessions will be a junior next year at six five, two seventy six. Mitch Brock, uh he will be a senior. Uh, one of our few seniors. Uh six six two ninety. Brody McKnight uh six three, two ninety five, he was a redshirt freshman this year. Connor Wood, who was a freshman all American this year, him and Isaiah Isaiah, there's a student I teach named Isaiah, Isaiah M. Fonse. <laughs> uh, <laughs> both of them uh, had that kind of uh, so he's coming in at six five, three ten. Uh he was a redshirt freshman, so be sophomore. Jack Kessler, as you mentioned, uh, 6'4", 220, he'll be a, a junior. Denver Crone, 6'1", 265, will be a junior. Uh, Ryan Barkley, yeah, I think I'm saying that right, uh, 6'5", 275, a freshman. Sean Hatton, six five two seventy five. 275, redshirt freshman. Loose kid. Uh, 6'6", six six two ninety will be a junior. And Joe McElroy, Six five two fifty five. will be a sophomore. So a pretty deep group there. Pretty young group. Yeah. No, it's uh, the guys that are on on the starting line have been playing for a while now, like Connor Wood and Zach Red got some, especially Connor Wood got a lot of reps last year, but Red got some reps um, at some other spots. He'll be the center with Alex Neal graduating. Um, I know Jack, Jake Sessions was in a big battle with Connor Wood to be that uh, right tackle spot. Jeez, like that's that's the hard part I know with the offensive line to me is I don't exactly know which, where each guy plays, and especially when they shuffle around as mm-hmm. they do. So, um, But beyond that, though, yeah, there's a solid six guys there. But beyond that is where things kind of, yeah, we got some potential talent. We got some big bodies, but no one has really played very much. I would imagine um, it's going to be like uh, Sean Hatton, Denver Crone, that's kind of the, the main guys that might be backing up, but um, that's just kind of me guessing more than anything. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that, like, uh, seventh and eighth spot? I have no clue. <laughs> I really don't. Uh, it's sometimes when I think of the offensive line, these guys just kind of go in and out of my memory, like oh, who's playing where. Uh, but I, if I had to guess, I'd probably say, like you said, Sean Hatton, Denver to the two names that, pop off on this list as having the size and the experience. Denver Crohn's going to be a junior, so he's been around the block a couple times, and so I imagine he'd be that guy that you can just fit in there. We did sign a couple of good-looking recruits here recently. Um, Uh, Good point. Anthony Sessions. So we got Jake Session and Anthony Sessions. Is that what it is? Yeah. One's One's plural. Um, so Anthony Sessions the second, I believe from is it? Is he from Texas? It's called Vista Murrieta which is I California. believe from yeah. This sounds like a California place. Yeah. So we got him, and then we got Holden Sampson and Jack Varing. So mm-hmm. Holden Sampson's a pretty exciting prospect. I know Jack Varing is too. So that's a, that's a good group. That's a good group. There's one more guy ahead. that was mentioned today on Bobcat Nation. I can't remember who it is, but. We picked up another O-line at Recruit today. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that was another one. His uh, Twitter ad showed that he's a commit, but there hasn't been any anything else besides that. But that's like his back is like a profile, not like a tweet. Mm, there you but go. that's pretty official as far as it goes. I'd imagine we wouldn't be putting that out there. Well, we're not booming anymore, so we can't even make no. that No, con- No, can we pour one out right there. For, the, for the booms? I missed the booms already. I know, right? I long for the just the booms in the night. <laughs> well, I I understand. And, you know, Joe came out and said, you know, people were starting to hawk him pretty much when he was booming. And then it was creating some, uh, you know, battles in the <laughs> recruiting lines. And, you know, he's got a good point. You know, less information out there, probably the better for us in the long run. I suppose. It's an interesting concept. Like if you got a boom out of a guy, a commit, like announcing that, is that you just think you're going to lose him? Well, I think it just kind of, you know, (laughs) sets, sets the stage that, hey, we got this guy. And then maybe that guy might have not been on somebody's radar. You know what I mean? And so the coaches are scrolling Twitter and they go, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to go look at that guy's huddle. And they're like, oh, I see you. It might be a power five school. And they come in with the late offer. Go, well, we can't offer you starting position or, you know, we can't promise you much, but uh, we saw Montana State was pretty high on you. And so it just kind of trickles down pretty much is what I'm guessing is kind of what happened. Fair enough. If, if but, not, you know, like, like big sky schools, you're like, okay, you know, Jeff just tweeted out a boom who, Who is it? They figure it out and then they go, all right, what kind of connections do we have with this kid? Do we have any ins with them? Let's start making contacts. Maybe we can steal them away from Montana State. So I guess being more silent on that front could be a little, a little better for us, but it's definitely less exciting. So as, as a consumer of Bobcat football, as a fan, it's, it sucks for us, but you know it's going to be all right. We're going to be okay. (laughs) I think I'll, I think I'll survive, but yeah, definitely the end of an era. And, uh, but in terms of offensive line, we've been booming a lot in the Idaho area. Yeah. I mean, it's good to see. Even since Jeff Choate's first signing class, you know, we've got (laughs) two guys out, out right out there from Meridian and, um, we're continuing that pipeline. It looks good. I'm glad we have some, uh, you know, so some cachet down there because it's kind of a weird spot. I used to teach down there, and when you're in that Boise metropolitan area, you're far away from a lot of other things. Boise is like its own kind of deal, and then you have Meridian, Idaho, right next to it. Nampa, Idaho, and Cuna and Eagle, and all these little smaller kind of suburbs of Boise. But when you get outside of Boise proper, you're not running into a lot of population. You know, you. And so it's kind of interesting. So there's a lot of good kids that come out there. But as Jeff Tote was talking about this year, it's going to be hard now that that we have Idaho back into the mix because they're going to be in that that spot hard. And so we'll see how that will continue to go. Yeah, Idaho is going to have to recruit a little bit more locally. I assume their budget is going to be a little reduced from the FBS footprint budget, from recruiting all over the country, like guys from like Mississippi, like you just you don't get those kind of guys in the big sky very often. But so mm-hmm. if, yeah, they're going to be taking guys more of their backyard. And it's going to be more of a between Idaho, Idaho State, kind of on the rise a little bit. Montana, Montana State, Eastern, and even like Weber State. That's a lot of people right around. A lot of recruiting in the same areas. No. So, no. But, uh, as far as the offensive line goes, I think that's a really good line. Um, uh, they do need to be, uh, a little bit more push. I would put, uh, I don't think a little bit more time in the weight room or strength training, but, uh, when they ran into defensive lines that were like elite, they really struggle with them. And I think, I don't think it's technique so much as just strength. Yeah. Just need to get a little bit stronger, a little bit more weight. And I think they're going to be a top three big sky unit next year. Absolutely. I would agree with that. All right. Well, we don't have too much more to talk about. We have on the back end, uh, Special Teams and Long Snapper. Which Woo-hoo. one do you want to co- cover first? Let's save Long Snapper for last. Ooh. Okay. I don't know why. Are you shuffling <laughs> your notes around because of my in-game adjustment? I am, I was like looking for (laughs) (laughs) Looking for my notes Frantically Alright, so uh, let's talk special teams Three guys that pop off Tristan Bailey, going to be A senior for us Uh, Jared Padmas Another senior And Jacob Byrne, a junior So, uh, ironically A very veteran group Uh, A lot of guys who played a lot of ball For us Uh, some important football players right there when we're talking about guys like Jared Padmos and Tristan Bailey yeah um, Tristan Bailey kind of came out of nowhere really like he did not have very impressive stats out of this JC the only cool thing you remember signing him was like a video of him like kicking like a 70 yard field goal or something (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) like um, but he really came and proved himself he kind of you know he he had a little bit of a a dip in the middle of the year and then towards the end of the year but Overall, I was pretty satisfied with the field goal performance out of him. He needs to, you know, improve upon that a little bit. But if we roll with Tristan Bailey again next year, which obviously I think we will, I think we're going to be in pretty good hands. The thing I, I'm, I'm, cons- I'm just kind of interested about is why isn't he just booting it out of the back of the end zone? It's a good point. Like clearly, he has the leg. I know we're trying to do the, the have the. Defense or the, the you know the kick receiving team catch it and for the fair catch, but our kickoff coverage was so atrocious that steam team stopped fair catching it because they knew that they could get better, like, even if they took it at their own three yard line, they'd get to the thirty at least. So yeah. just to have Bailey just boot that back at the end zone if your kickoff coverage team can't tackle anybody. That almost cost us Cat Grizz. Yeah, I, I couldn't figure out our special teams. This short kick kind of deal that we were trying out throughout the whole year. It just never made a lot of sense to me. So Yeah, special teams, like, in that regard, I don't know if classify them as offense or defense, or, but like the, the, the not the kickers, but the actual units, they need improvement, for sure, tackling. It's weird because that's kind of chose, uh bread and butter back in the day, and so you would think that would be one of our stronger suits. You would think. <laughs> this year was and particularly bad. So, anyway, I think Bailey's going to be a good kicker, and Padnos is one of the best kickers in the conference. So, we are set this year. Beyond that, I don't know. Yeah. All right, let's move on to long snapper. Two guys on our, two guys on our squad that were labeled long snappers. Do you know any of them? No. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? None of them are named Rocky Hogue anymore. <laughs> no, he he was the stalwart. Uh, we got a guy named Logan McDonald, who, was, who will be a uh, sophomore this year. 6'1", 175. And lastly, a guy named Todd Ping, uh, who was a freshman last year. He might be a redshirt freshman this year. Not sure. Uh, 6'4", 210. So don't know too much about those guys, but uh, would be remiss if we didn't mention them. 175, that's a... A small lineman, it, even if he's just a snapper. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the holder? Is it Cassis? Yep. Yeah, he's, he's done a great job. He reminds me of the other guy we had for a few years who was very similar, was uh, Greibel, which Greibel, because he was also yeah. the holder, I believe. So he was one of those cerebral, cerebral. You say it for me, I'm not going to do it. He was cerebral. smart. He was smarty go. pants. He was a good receiver who could also catch the snap and put it down and a lot of kicker to kick it through, so I think we're in good hands. Snapping the ball, uh, yeah, just good. We just—it's really the the coverage units that need work more than anything, and uh, Bailey to get it, work on his consistency. You got it. And I think that's all we had for our offensive episode, right the there. The one, yeah, the one thing I do want to mention real quick—we uh, didn't talk about when we were talking about wide receivers—is we did hire a new wide receivers coach. Eric Frazier. Eric Frazier. And it'll be interesting to see how that affects that room because um, came from Northern Iowa, presumably a kind of a lateral move. So I'm kind of curious to see what that's all about. But that spot was vacant because of Miller, right? Yeah. So we need to hire someone. I'm just kind of curious how he came in to be. I, I know that Choate said he kept coming back to his resume or whatever, just kept coming to the top. But I think he also maybe mentioned that they – Missed on a guy or two that they had at the top of the list. Did I hear that somewhere? Um, I might be crazy. Yeah, sorry, doesn't uh, doesn't ring a bell. So all right, well I'm crazy. So, but yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out in the wide receiver room. Well, I'm I'm sure they're glad to have a guy. It's not yes. pulling double duty. <laughs> so true, as long I'm as sure. he's a good recruiter, these uh these defensive back coaches, wide receiver coaches, seem to be. You know they come and go, come and go. Um, I think that's such a challenge at the FCS level is, You know, having staff continuity. I think if we if we can develop that staff continuity, and by all means we've had, um, for for a while, I, that bodes well for Montana State. So um, we'll see. I'm sure he's just gonna. Be, I'm sure he's gonna do fine. So you mentioned uh, recruiting. That's interesting. I wonder if uh, part of the reason is maybe trying to build some some sort of connection to the Midwest. Because it just seems to be the kind of offensive style that Choate likes to run. And we haven't had a lot of recruits there in a while. Um, I know Ash was from that area. He didn't, he didn't recruit there too hard. I remember J.P. Flynn was probably one of the biggest um, coups from that area. But And then he brought Jason Diabo with him. But other than that, I don't remember a whole lot of other Mid- Midwest guys. Nope. Maybe – uh, who's that – oh, uh, <laughs> man – a really good safety we had. It came. From, it was like initially at South Dakota State. Why can't I remember his name? Just two years Brian ago. Brian Force, Luke May. No, just just two years ago. Oh. Uh, <laughs> was it Luke May? Was it? No, he's like oh. an All Conference guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why can I think of his name? <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I can picture his face too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, he was. I think he was from Midwest. But yeah, just the point is, I wonder if we're trying to build some sort of recruiting pipeline. To get some connections over there in some way. Yeah, couldn't hurt. I followed him on Twitter this week, and he was down in Texas. So, uh, Fraser? yeah, oh, nice. We just offered a, a safety. I wonder if uh, there's a connection there. I didn't really see where he's from, but we just uh, just saw him on the board. We just offered a guy. So, so Thorn, before uh, before we wrap this up, I was reading an article about Super Bowl snacks. And they were and they were listing like the top Super Bowl snacks. It got me thinking. When you're at a party, if you if you're going to a party, or hosting a party, what is your least favorite Super Bowl snack? Least favorite? Yeah, what's like the worst? Ugh. Well, nothing just jumps out to my mind that I can think of in terms of Super Bowl. I like a lot of food, man. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be overweight if I didn't like most food on the planet. <laughs> um I'll have to think about that nothing I' would go with like a, I would go with the cheese tray, oh man, I love cheese. What's wrong with you? I don't know, man just the cheese trays they're just like uh you know if if they're like a mass production type of cheese tray when like little squares, you know what I mean the little ones ah i I'll pass i I would say those' are probably my least favorite that or like the the veggie tray. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah I mean yeah Any anything that's remotely healthy obviously makes the list of stuff that's bad there you go there you go I don't like I don't like badly done wings like just mushy like fat's not crispy at all those are pretty gross yeah Slimy. Yeah. yeah yeah no effort to like crisp them up make them good just throw the frozen bag right in there now. But, uh, yeah, I'd still eat them, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. So let's wrap this up. We will have some news, and maybe by news, we'll probably have a little another podcast come out after signing day uh, next week and on February 6th. Uh, but till then, uh, just hopefully you enjoyed this. You could always follow RR CatCast on Twitter at this R R Cat Cast. Uh we will we always link our episodes to there. And then um we have like a whopping thirty some followers. It's it's pretty fantastic. But we're big uh, time. Oh yeah. Big time. Uh so yeah, that's what's coming up. But until then, uh go catch this weekend. Big Brawl of the Wild. That's that right. Name. Cat Grizz uh not Grizz Cat, sorry. Nope. Uh, Gus tell. It's never GrizzCat. Cat. And uh, so uh Cat Grizz. And let's go get the the victory there this weekend. Get that wide out. I, I'm looking forward to watching it. I think it's on SWX. So I'm um, looking forward to watching it from Spokane. Yeah, that'll be an exciting game. And I'll echo that sentiment Go Cats. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs>